Cyber Afro Resistance. South African Internet Art. By Tabi Rezire. I was elated to meet her. I was told that Tabitha Rezair was making a hologram. Holy cow, a hologram. So I sat down with Tabitha and I was quickly corrected. I mean, first, let's not call it a hologram because it's not a hologram because there's no actual technology in 2015 that allows to make like a floating image out of nowhere. So what we consider as hologram, it's not possible. Tabitha is a French, Guyanese, and Danish digital artist based in Johannesburg. Her artwork focuses on the political aesthetics of resistance on the internet. She's outspoken and uncompromising in her mission to deconstruct how we understand technology and the internet. In this episode, we discuss cyberspaces, alter egos, and the power of visual representations. Welcome to Future Lab Africa. The internet is a space we have come to believe is democratic and welcoming. Most of us believe that this is a place where we can truly be ourselves. But this actually may not be true. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am guilty of being part of this personal brand craze. I also have an online persona, a sort of alter ego. And I asked Tabitha, does she have one? Does she have an alter ego? The question is, like, for me, lies into like the politics of representation and what you choose to expose of yourself out there on in cyberspace. You know, so I've never been like confident into like putting like pictures of me or just like being like visible you know like I've always preferred to like hide behind my work you know so that it's not about me and that's why I think I've always been interested in like the other but like the other of me you know like also like marginalized bodies or voices but more and more I realized that this interest come from the fact that I felt like marginalized and like fetishized or objectified like a lot and like constantly growing up so now I'm like I feel like maybe I'm more pointing things at me or trying to understand those questions through my own like understanding of it Mm -hmm. so and through that I mean I feel there's a power of like yeah representing yourself you know and what you choose to show you know and how you curate yourself, basically, because the internet has also like enabled people to play, you know, with their identity, you know, or, like creating an avatar or like being anonymous or like you said, uh, alter ego. an alter ego. So that's fascinating because it's also merged and fragmented the kind of fixed identity that people perceived within you that you have to be like fixed you know and being like have your part together you know but we don't have our part together you know (laughs) like we're a mess i'm not sure that it's that i could say it's something specific but I grew up in Paris and I've spent 
all my teenagers like straightening my hair, you know, feeling that my booty was too big. And so just like subconscious thing that been told and how my body has been fetishized, objectified, over-sexualized, and also like demonized somehow and how it made me feel not comfortable with what I looked like, you know, or that I didn't fit certain standard and you know people that were surrounding me I was always the other but in a way like also with like pop culture it's all as if like I had to fit the certain image of like you know destiny child or like uh, you know spicy spice you know <laughs> so that kind of like character i was allowed to be that mm -hmm. you know but that's it so i think it kind of fucked up with my mind and it took me time to unlearn you know and like to be proud and to embrace this otherness you know proud and I want like the next kids you know looking like me to be proud of what they are you know whether wherever they live you my interests come from like an interest into representation politics and screen-based resistance and how people engage and use the different screens that we're confronted to. So starting from like an interest in like cinema, then into like video art and now it's shifting to like cyberspaces because it's different kind of screens and different way of engaging with them. So yeah, I think that's just been like an evolution, or not an evolution, but yeah, it's like different areas, but that are connected. I am drawn towards like visual language, you know, and how we're confronted to like those visual and how like images have power and like different kind of power that words have, you know. So it's a different way of like understanding information visual information but it's as much important and sometimes it can be overlooked like in the way that the fact that we are like channeling like the spaces this giant like advertising world you know like every day and like the propaganda of like the media and like constantly images like telling ourselves that we're not right, you know, or like that we're not the norm, you know, or that we need to conform somehow to certain ideals, like mostly Western ideals. I think that's really effective, you know, and that's fucking up with our brain big time. So I do feel like a woman, you know, and I'm kind of comfortable in my gender. Although, I mean, I'm struggling with it too, you know, on a lot of like level, you know. Fanny said that working comes from Neolithic sexual dances as does belly dancing, Rax Baladi, Bay Coco, Ula, etc., where women would strengthen and flexibly their wombs as a collective way to celebrate their agency. 
how I feel that I'm being sexualized or I'm being objectified, like walking down the street, like someone's gonna like grab my ass or like being like told every fucking day that how pretty I am. Like, I'm not being like, you know, like, oh, I should be like thankful for it. Like, but like, it's tiring, you know, because you feel like you're always like this image, this body, you know, and um, you're ready for consumption. It was taught from mother to child, big sister to little sister, in celebratory circles. These dances were fertility dances. But not only in the sense of conception, also in the sense of contraception, leading women practicing these movements to be later seen as the whores, the easy women, the women without morals. It's, it's the same narrative of like, you're being exoticized, you know, it's exotic, you know, because it's uncommon. And then you become this like, creature out of nowhere, and like, it's not even about the work that you do, it's about you being the person that you are doing the work that you do, you know. And so I found those like, quite problematic. I guess my work addressed those questions. Yeah, and then, I mean, I feel like the process, there's several stages, not necessarily in my practice, but like, for like active social change, you first need to be aware of what is problematic, you know, and then you can start deconstructing and understanding and maybe potentially like providing an alternative, you know. Because sometimes denial is easier, you know? It's like being a fighter, you know, but it's exhausting. Like, it's tiring. Like, for real, I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of being angry. Like, I'm tired of being bitter. But, like, I feel that that's for now what I'm going to be, you know? Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guy's girlfriends. Who understands those rap guys? I mean, then the question what I'm struggling with is like, I know why I'm making work, but then it's like, who are you making it for? In which context? Who is going to see it? Who is going to engage with it? Who is going to pay? Who is paying for it? And why are you taking those people, you know, that money from that side, you know? Like, everything has politics, you know? And... Sometimes that goes against what you're trying to do. So you have to compromise, but this compromising is also tiring, you know? So like, you're stretching yourself out to make something work, but at the end of the day, you also need to pay your rent, you know? But like, so it's those kind of like, energies that are hard to like figure out. I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out, you know? like what it is that I want to do and for who, you know? Because the art world is very elitist, you know? It's, I don't care if someone has my stuff on the wall, you know? Like, I really don't care about that, like, wide cube space, like, I'm not interested, but that's how it works. So, like, how radical you have to be, you know? Like, so that your things make sense. You know, who is like benefiting from your work? You know, which system are you like perpetrating? 
you know, by buying into this. Tabitha's work is extremely visual, so I implore you to please go and check out her website where you can learn more about her work. She's amongst one of the artists exhibiting at the Post-African Futures Exhibition, being held at the Goodman Gallery in Johannesburg. And I know you've been patiently waiting to hear all about the hologram. So let me let her explain. I mean, first, let's not call it a hologram, because it's not a hologram, because there's no actual technology in 2015 that allows to make like a floating image out of nowhere. So what we consider as hologram, it's not possible. So that said, <laughs> it's going to be a holographic projection, which is different, but creates an illusion of a hologram. And the idea is to make an apology on behalf of the Western world. And it comes from like, okay, start again. Uh, <laughs> I'm the thing is like, I'm really interested into the narrative apology forgiveness and how it has become a kind of norm to address the past or kind of like way to deal with the past. But the problems behind it is that it deal with the past as just mistakes that you can just apologize for and then it's over and then like move on, like get over it, you know, like the whole narrative that you're given. But the fact is that I believe maybe that the whole concept of apology, which is a Western concept, is a way of perpetuating the status quo. Because if you're in a system that allows you to just apologize for like hideous crime that you've committed and then like get over it, but not like readdress the system that allowed you to do it, it's problematic, you know? So we're not, again, like putting our energies in the right context, you know? So, yeah, I don't think it's the right fight, but then, like, I guess doing this hologram is it's also a way of, like, or this apology to address, like, the Caribbean countries, like CARICOM, the Union of Caribbean countries are asking for reparation for slavery and colonialism, and they have a 10-point uh, reparation program, and the first one, what they ask for is a formal apology. You know, so I think that's quite interesting. And I was also linked this idea to the fact that last year in Paris with the terrorist attack, you know, and the whole like I am Charlie vibe, you know. Let me not start about this, this fucking Charlie. <laughs> anyway, so like the French government kind of asked every French Muslim to apologize or to condemn those attacks, you know? And then there was a lot of like backlashes on the internet and people being like, I won't condemn these attacks and apologize for it unless you apologize for slavery, for stealing my resources, for bombing Iraq, and all the fucked up things that are done like on behalf of like Western salute, you know? So I think for me, making this apology, it's maybe 
giving a chance for some people to hear what they want to hear, but that they won't probably, you know, and that's why it's make it as like a, it's made as, as a virtual image, you know. Like I feel maybe that I've benefited someone who tell me like you're right, you're not that like angry and crazy black bitch like we make you believe you are.